You are listening to the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. Now, here is your host. Hello, friends. Welcome to Accidental Hope, a place where we seek hope and build community after a serious accident or trauma from a faith perspective. My name is Jennifer, and I'm not an expert or professional, but just a mom and a person who wants to share life experiences and hope that it helps someone else. Today on the show, we are talking to two people who are facing a significant trial. This taping is unique because it was recorded just a few months ago and it feels like yesterday and so much has happened in the world uh, since January when this was taped and I want you to clear your mind and take it all in because Robbie Waxman is going to take you on a journey. He is facing death and he is facing it bravely and with dignity and love for his Lord and love for his children and his family. And he wanted to share a message with us and how privileged we are to sit and listen to his thoughts. He is full of passion. He used every ounce of energy that the Lord gave him on that day to tell you about the peace he has found and what he is facing. He is facing the unimaginable and he is doing it well. I hope you enjoy. Hi. Hello. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm just so glad that y'all are here. And it was just a funny thing when I felt called to reach out. I want to make sure that I honor both of you and your story and your families and especially honor God. We've been married for 13 years, starting February 3rd, 2007. So we just recently had an anniversary. Uh, we've had five children, two girls, and three boys. The oldest is 12, and the youngest is three. We both came from Christian families who were involved in the church and in ministry. I was raised uh, in a homeschool family, as well as Robbie, at least temporarily, and then in his high school years, he went to a Christian school, Parkview Christian Academy. So we went into our marriage trusting God for how many children we were going to have. And that ended up being five. No. <laughs> no, I'll take this one. This is my side here. Okay. Um, so no, we, we weren't. Um, Cass and her family, the Thomas Nation. Love you guys. They, uh, they moved here from, I think, somewhere around Houston, Magnolia area. Um, Dusty Thomas is a father-in-law, and he travels around the world, um, around the U.S., fighting against you know, the, the principalities and the powers of the darkness, and is just a mighty warrior in Christ. And um, so he, he joined the church, uh, Church on the Rock. Uh, here in Waco, my dad was the pastor there at church, and Cass is actually so. I'm I'm one of four kids, second oldest. Uh, I got a sister named Angela. She is the youngest out of the four of us. Uh, my parents' kids, and uh, Ange and Cass at some point through their life got real close. Um, had a really good friendship. I. Uh, 
I just graduated college or I was about to graduate college from Mary Hart and Taylor, 2006, I think it was. And um, I started getting involved with Rusty and his ministry because I knew that there was something so powerful in it. I didn't think it was for my, like my ministry. And I didn't want to, I, I mean, I originally I joined because I wanted that fire and that passion and just didn't understand. Um, and that longing, that yearning that he had when he preached and when he preached with fire. And I wanted that, but I didn't know where my purpose or where my, my place was. So I went to my natural or at least thinking of, you know, God opened the doors where they can be open and close them where they can be closed and all that kind of stuff and just live life like that kind of deal. And, you know, not always, not perfect by any means, but just kind of had that mentality in life. I don't care. Let's go. So I ended up starting to get involved with Rusty. So that's how he started getting interested in me was through my dad and his ministry, which at the time we were suffering grief of our own through my mom being sick with cancer and passing away. And that's when it grabbed Robbie's attention towards our family. So it was really that that brought us together because he was five and a half years older than me. So we were never really in the same group, even though we were raised in the same church. Yeah, because like, like even though she became friends with my sister, there was too much of a gap for, for me and her. I mean, I, at that point, it was like, you know, t- 10 and 10 and 16. It's, it's gross. Uh, girls, in that mind, oh, I think girls are, are cute <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, but anyways, I ended up getting involved with, you know, Rusty's ministry and, and through, you know, that ministry and, and it, you know, all, all through the steps of the ways, you know, hindsight now, you know, with this experience that I've had that, uh, you know, I'm going to get to, it, it, it's, it just brings so much more clarity now. It's, it's like everything is just just such a clear, crisp, perfect piece. It's just, it's like, it's like I had this experience with the Lord and we can get back to that, but I had this experience with the Lord that was just so real. And I don't know what it is and I don't know how it is, but situation came up where I got sick. I got sick. In my life, the one the one disease that I never wanted to get, not that I was afraid of dying, never been afraid of dying, you know, outside of being a little kid. I've never had a fear of death. But I've always been afraid to go through the death process. It's like I think a lot of people really struggle with this. And it really holds on. It, it, it like, like grips, grips them. And even obviously death is a glorious thing through Jesus Christ. He, he overcame, conquered hell, death, hell, and the grave. I mean, that's what he did. That's what his ultimate sacrifice was. His, his son to die on the cross for our sins within me in this experience. And I don't know why it's me, but there, I, it's just like there's something so big that's going to happen from this. And I don't know what it is. 
And I don't know, it's going to sound crazy. I get it. And you can think it's crazy and that's fine. It's absolutely fine because God's will and his plan and his purpose, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect through chaos. That's what like heaven is like. It's like this. It is so good. So when people understand this revelation and this joy that you can have, no matter what situation, and my situation just happens to be in death, I'm sacrificing my will for his will to be done. When you trust completely in the Lord, he will guide your steps and he will move you where you need to be moved. And he will give you the breath of life and he will give you the the water that is running from from the, the mountaintops, the pure and living water, that pure, pure water that's so crisp and so clean. And as I see these, I referred to the, the, these puzzle pieces earlier and in this experience. And, and again, I know this is crazy because the beauty of it is even though it doesn't even make sense now, you know it's real. And in God's time, when that perfect time is, you're going to have this light bulb moment of this is it. It is him because he sets us free. When I submitted my will, it's like this light bulb experience happening and anyway it's still confusing and it's still chaotic and crazy and it doesn't make sense but it's but it's okay it's not for me to find out and i have peace about that so it's like this peace it's for every single situation circumstance in life i mean if you can think about it to have this kind of peace with your relationship with, with your with jesus to have this kind of peace and this kind of love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those things, the gift of the Spirit with your husband. When you're raising your children, when you're disciplining your children, when you're praising your children, you're taking every situation, every idea, every moment and holding it captive just like Christ wanted to meditate on me night and day. It's like his words are just alive. And it's like, I'm going back to that piece. It's like, you're, you're a puzzle piece. And my wife is a puzzle piece and I'm a puzzle piece. And, and all the crap that we go through in our lives are puzzle pieces. The good, the bad, the ugly, the things that come and go, they're all a part of this. And when we die and when we go to heaven, it's like the, the gift that God gives us, I mean, I don't know if this is right. And it, you know, at least, it, at least it gives me peace. But one thing that I do know is that God is good no matter what. And he is on the throne and he is God and he is good. But with these, these puzzle pieces, it's like they're all intertwined. So all of the situations that you're going through, Jennifer, and all the situations that Cass and, and, all you, and David, whoever, whoever your name is out there, I don't care. All of you are part of this beautiful masterpiece that you're going to get to see when you get to heaven and you see the pearly gates and it's going to be laid before you. I, and I don't know. But it's like all the crap that you went through and all the stuff, it's just like this beautiful masterpiece that is just so crisp and clean. And all the pictures are just vibrant and just just, just perfection. Like nothing that we've ever seen before. And then all of these puzzle pieces and your pieces and all her pieces, they're jumbled up and put into another puzzle piece. And it's like this. And all at the end of the day is it's, it's like it's, 
He is the masterpiece, Jesus Christ, the creator of all. And this is why he created the universe so we can experience this him to have eternal life. Obviously, eternal life is through Jesus Christ's death only, but he wants us to experience that here on earth. It doesn't matter about the things. It doesn't matter about life because as long as you trust in him and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. I didn't come from a Christian home. I grew up as a bus ministry a bus came and picked us up and would take us, the little children that got on the bus and take us to church. And one of the first verses I ever memorized was the one you just quoted. And I got bubble gum. I was probably about nine or 10 years old. The second thing I'm going to tell you, just a minute ago, you said the name David. I don't know if you knew that, but the man that I had the accident with, his name was David. I don't think you have a David. I don't think you knew that. We did not. That's our son's name. I do have a David. My son's name is David, yeah. but I did not say it. Yeah. Well, it was, it's significant to me because when I've cried thinking about this a couple times, and one of the things I wanted to tell you that I didn't know if it was appropriate or not. I said, if you make it to heaven before I do, I want you to hug David for me. And all I can say to you is if I know I know he's there if he is there. I don't know if he's a believer or not. I heard he was. If he is a believer. God gave me a vision. I can tell you about that in a little bit. But Yeah, if he is a believer. And like I said, I don't know this man, but if he is a believer. And that's not your cross to bear. It was an accident. Cassia, can you tell us about what you were talking about, just surrendering to the will of God, um, considering the diagnosis? I, Go ahead. No. I just want to say, as his wife, this experience that the Lord has done in his life, I know it was... A little different for both Robbie and for me and it may have happened at different times and in different ways but for me because I went through the death of my mom to cancer the death of my little brother to cancer and the death of my sister during this journey of cancer with my husband I faced death more than a lot of people my age. And I believe God was using those to prepare me for this moment and for more moments in the future. And I learned that faith is not just speaking things into existence. It's faith to endure and to trust God, no matter what his answer is to our prayers. Because like Robbie said, Either way, God is good, and it's going to be okay. So that's what it was for me. For Robbie, he did trust God, and he did have faith, but he experienced something with the Lord personally that brought him from, okay, the doctor said, this is it for me. I need to start 
planning and preparing to die. And when you get bombarded with not only other people's opinions, but your own thoughts of, am I giving up too soon? Did I not fight hard enough? Did I not pray hard enough? Am I doing something wrong? And it, and it covers on multiple levels too, you know, from a family standpoint as a wife of, I don't want to let him go, but I don't want to see him like this. And the kids, I don't want to let him go at all. And parents is the, the parents, you know, that, that get it is, you know, I know it's hard. It stinks. It sucks. It's horrible that I'm going to lose my son. I've come to this realization through this situation is, you know, back whenever I got diagnosed, well, start from the beginning, whenever I first, before I ever had cancer, whenever I was a kid, my biggest fear was dying of cancer, not the death, not death, dying from cancer. I did not want to go out by cancer. I wanted to go out some other way. And that, that stuck with me. I've never, like I said, never been afraid of death. And then as soon as I got cancer, I'm like, okay this ain't too bad. And I got diagnosed. I mean, it was a blow. It was an emotional blow. It was roller coaster of emotions. I mean, I'm not the same man, not the same man that I was physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every way, shape, form, and fashion. And every stage of this journey has transitioned and transformed our lives. And not many people know this. And it was ugly. Like, 19 kids in our cul-de-sac and it's complete chaos, but it is joy. Whenever I got the diagnosis, I, I always told myself if I ever got cancer before I got it, I'm never going to do chemo. I just don't like chemo. I did it. Originally thought I had, a, unless um, I would never do chemo unless I had realistic odds. And I put my odds around 60 plus percent, more than half. I'll take a half a chance. I'm strong. I've got God on my side. God can heal me from this through through chemo, but not even knowing the full scope of it, you know? And then going through that and figuring out, no, that didn't work. And we did radiation during this journey. and No, that didn't work. And then, oh, it started working. So let's send you up to Dallas to get to see the liver specialist. Let's keep going with this. Let's go to Waco uh, to Dallas because there's not a liver specialist and I need a liver specialist with my, my cancer, you know, with the liver spots and my, my stuff. So go up to Dallas the week before our anniversary, end of January this year. And uh, I go up there and get my labs. I had a couple scans done and go back the next day. And on, on our 13th year anniversary, February 3rd, 2007, the afternoon, Cass and I were sitting in the hospital, and we got the results of, it doesn't look good. There's three more lesions on your liver. It's a total of eight. There's one lesion on the liver that's in the center part of your liver, which will essentially, once it grows to a certain point, will cut off your liver and send your liver to liver failure. There's the mass in the, in the colon has at the halfway point was not visible to the naked eye, but now it's growing back. So all of these fears of, am I going to feel this pain again? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? And, and then, you know, having good hearted people say, Hey, I, you know, I've got this place. I got this thing. I got this. And they, and they truly mean well, 
And, I, and I'm not discounting them because, they, I mean, they are believers. And I absolutely believe, I, I told a couple of them, I absolutely believe what you're doing because of the passion that you have for it. But it's just not for me. And it's okay. And I want to want to take it, but I can't. For some reason, I just can't. I can't take the pill. Even though I know that I know that I know that you were going to, that it would heal me that from you, what you believe that it will heal me. I know that I know that I know I can't take it. So please just trust me. And he said, well, I would never want you to do anything against God's word. And I was like, I just, I know, I know you get it. It's just not for me. You know, even when we got the bad news, you know, it was just even through all of the chaos and the craziness while we were going through this and all these conversations and all these people, Hey, praying for you. We love you. You're such an encouragement. I want to come shake your hand. I want to do this. I want to do this, man. You're just an inspiration. All I want them to know is enjoy those moments of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Enjoy those gifts and understand even when you don't know, it is good. Do you think that we have to go through this to learn it? Like, like I sometimes think about it with my accident or the grief that you've experienced in your family. When you talk to other people and they're in awe. And you're like, I wish that they could get it without having to walk this road. But sometimes it's like we don't really get it unless we walk the road. People, you and people like, like take, take advantage of your health. Enjoy your children. Enjoy your wife. Let the little stuff yeah. wash. And, and everything that I come back to is, it's all I want is his purpose to be fulfilled in my life. And if it's to give a glimmer of hope that one day I can experience that at death, maybe this is a death gift. I don't know. I don't care. But I know it's good. And I know it's something that can be radiated because it's radiated in my wife. It's radiated in my 10-year-old son. And I can guarantee you this. It's going to radiate my three-year-old boy because he is me through and through. And I can guarantee you that my son, as I'm literally watching the days go past me, I'm watching my son take up his mantle of being a man and raising his brothers up and teaching them things, even the smallest things of fixing a lightsaber sword, of changing the batteries out. It is, it's already happened. It's nothing that I did. This is, this is just all a part of it. This is not a a trigger event to, to, to something new. This is all, this is all just a gift from the Lord. It's it. I don't know. All I know is God is good in all things. To go back to what you were saying about, do people need to go through hardship to understand this kind of surrender and peace to God? The Bible talks about Jesus himself when he was here on earth that he had to learn obedience to his heavenly father through suffering. If Jesus, the son of God, who was perfect, had to go through suffering to learn obedience, then what makes us think that we're different? See that 
he uses suffering and trials to cultivate obedience and character in our lives. And I also think it's, it's all about your heart, where your heart is. That really ultimately, if your heart is in the right place, people that hearts are in the right place that I've impacted in my life, those people that I've impacted, whatever, even in the negative way, kids that I've impacted in my life, there is no denying for one second that I am different because of him. There's no way that anybody can say that he is not good, or at least convince me of saying that. It doesn't matter. God's mercy, even if there is a magic pill, if there was one magic pill that you could swallow and everything would be good, perfect, beyond your wildest imagination, I would never swallow it. I would take Jesus in a heartbeat. And I know it's easy to say that because there's fleshly things, but I'm literally at the end of my life, something that I should not be at, a 36-year-old man with colon cancer, which is a cancer that takes a very long time to develop. Whenever I found out about this, I found out that I've had this for five to 10 years prior to when I actually got diagnosed. And looking back at the signs, it may have been even longer. So I get a disease that is something that nobody would ever predict. And I fight and I fight and I fight and I fight. And I do everything with peace and trusting that God is going to heal me. And he doesn't keep going. Well, it's working. It's working. Got renewed hope. It didn't. And even before the new year, I told my sister, I I don't know why. I just, I have this feeling like my, my saying for this new year is renewed life, renewed life and thinking I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be in remission here thinking that then I have this experience and all this stuff. And it's just, I know it doesn't make any sense, but it's yet so clear. Because all of these things have happened for a reason and it happened for a purpose. And maybe it's a gift because I submitted my will to the Lord. And that's only the way that you get it is through, through death. I don't know. But it is and whatever happens from my life, I hope whoever listens to this gets a part of the journey because it's going to be one insane journey. But it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. I, I want to make sure we have this on recording because of the, the issues we had. You imagine heaven. You talked about heaven uh, earlier. What do you imagine heaven to be like? You mentioned it a little bit, but I don't know if we got it. So I want you to, what do you see? Uh, whenever I had this experience, it was like, it, it, it was like so much stuff was going at me. And it was like this, this great, it, like literally when Billy Graham talks about the great awakening, you know, his, his ministry, it was like that. It was like this bubble just burst within my mind. And it was like just complete clarity. And I don't know if that was heaven. I don't know if that was what. And it, w- and it wasn't clarity in my mind because my mind was foggy, but it was so clear. So I don't know if it was heaven. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just a glimpse of God just touching my forehead and let me just have that bubble. I don't know. But whatever that was had impacted me and changed my mindset 100% in one blip. And I've never been a prophet. I've never been a prophecy kind of guy. 
My father-in-law asked me a long time ago, how would you rank? Because I've always been a Christian. I've always believed in the Lord and trusted in him in all things. Never, I obviously never always lived up to my expectations of what I could have been or should have been, but it's okay. Even in that, it's okay. But Dad telling you to... Cass and I were struggling a couple of years ago and Rusty and I uh, went to lunch and he asked me, he said, Robbie, where are your priorities out of these four categories as a man? Father, husband, business, and uh, spiritual. I said, well, to be honest with you, probably business, family, husband, God. He said, and then, you know, obviously you got your, your orders in mind. I said, I know. I know I do, but I, I mean, it's like, I, I don't, because it brought me here. I have that vision, at least for the rest of my days. I have that direction. I have that purpose. So that's why this experience, this mind-blowing experience, like I 100% believe with that beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm healed. But even if I'm not, I know 100% doubt, zero doubt, even if I'm not healed, it's like, all I want to know is I'm going to die and I'm not going to die. So let me go. Let me go do. Let me go do. Let me go do. And I know some of it's, you know, kind of the runner's high from you know, people going through death because obviously, you know, physically my body is telling me that I'm dying. And it's okay. There's a natural process for death. I wanted to ask you about when I was praying for a word to give you, I kept hearing the word legacy. And... You have five beautiful children. I don't want to overstep a boundary, but if you want to say something to them, a message of hope for them specifically, the people that you love, and then maybe to the strangers who don't know you. First to them. First you've, to kids and family. And then, and then a message of I hope. Can, What's your legacy? Well, for my family, obviously this experience has been insane. And even... Even now, as I sit here, I mean, I, don't, I still don't know, you know, what's going to happen, what's to come. But with my legacy, with my kids, my family, it's like, like my my slogan is: hit whenever I was going through cancer, or found out I got cancer, whenever I was going through cancer, my slogan or that hashtag that we used was fighting for five or fight for five. And then whenever I got the diagnosis of, you know, I don't have much longer left, I changed it. I fought. I fought for my kids. I fought for me. I fought for my wife. I fought for my saint. I fought for the Thomases. I fought for my family. It is well within myself to have this peace that passes all understanding. So good. For the people that don't know me or that aren't family or whoever, that message is so true to you. I'm just a sinner. I'm nobody. This experience is, it's just been, I was telling somebody, it's like, this is what people search for. The ultimate ambitious people that are after making money to become the richest man. This is what they're after. This is what they're longing for. To have this peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for sharing your message. Thank you for sharing. It's like no death. Nothing, nothing can conquer you. Whenever it's in the thickest of the thickest of on your deathbed or you just lost your job or you got a gun in your mouth, doesn't matter what you've done and just trust. 
And when you can't trust anymore, the Bible says you have faith like a mustard seed. Something gets real and you know that Jesus is alive and you know that Jesus is not bound by anyone or he can use everything for his glory and his purpose. And he wants to see us enjoy that here. Robbie's favorite go-to scripture over the years is the righteous cry out and the Lord delivers them from all their trouble. It's, it's Psalms 34, it's 17. Psalms 34, 17. We're going to quote it directly from scripture. It says, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. The second scripture we wanted to share that the Lord, after this experience that he had, the Lord gave Robbie that filled him with such peace and surrender was Matthew 16. 24 to the end of the chapter and it says if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. And as his wife, I just want to clarify to those who don't know us and don't know Robbie. Robbie was a guy that everybody loved. Don't get me wrong, but he, just like he said, he was just a normal American pastor's kid. And, you know, he'll tell you, you know, he struggled with reading the Bible, even though he loved the Lord. And he struggled with certain, I guess you call them things that you would consider Christians to do. But when this experience happened, when I tell you he was transformed, I've never seen someone so transformed in his mind and in his spirit. And it's so evident to me and it's so evident to his children and to those who are around him, even people who don't know him, but especially those who have known him. And so I'm so thankful that that's how we're going to remember him. Mm. And that's the legacy he's leaving behind is Christ in him. That's beautiful. I I just wanted to pray for y'all and then, well, I'm just going to pray us out and then, um, and then I'll, I'll stop the recording. Okay. (laughs) Lord God, I just thank you for this family, Lord. And I thank you for the opportunity, God, that we can just um, be open and transparent, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would just lift up Robbie and the Waxmans and his children. Lord, we don't know the days. We don't know our days. Lord, but we give you complete trust. I ask that you would just open the flow of blood and in the Robbie's body and God that to his very breath he will keep that peace he will keep that joy and he will keep that surrender to the very last moment whatever that is Lord I just thank you for whatever you're gonna do we know it's supernatural and we know that you're gonna do what you're gonna do and it is good 
So, Lord, we just love you and thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come back and visit next week. Thank you for listening to the Accidental Hope Podcast on the Blooming Inspired Podcast Network. This show airs on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, its network, or the ministry of Blooming Inspired Network, please visit bloominginspirednetwork.com and click the podcast link at the top of the page.